0: Are you wondering if you can get a better mortgage deal and you're not sure where to start? Whether you're a first-time buyer or you're looking to remortgage, we're here to help you get answers. Just head to which.co.uk for expert advice. You've probably heard of Which Magazine, our home of
1: hard-hitting journalism and informative stories delivered directly to our members. There's our travel, money, and tech mags too. But did you know you can hear some of our best articles for free, available to listen to whenever you like? Each week on the Witch Shorts podcast, we bring you a specially selected story, lovingly voiced and produced, especially for you, on a whole range of fascinating topics. Just search Witch Shorts wherever you're listening.
0: Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week.
2: want to make sure that your average earnings and essential spending is covered, basically, and then
1: you know what you've got left. We go to work, we earn that money, and it's gone. And whereas the method that I now use and budgeting and thinking through my finances
0: means that I can just have some control. For all the algebra, history and geography you might have learned at school, there's a life skill you might not have been taught, and that's planning a budget. And this week, as we all continue to feel the pinch, and with us approaching that time of the year that sees us part with more cash than any other, we'll be deep diving into how to keep tabs on your spending and reach your financial goals, whether that be saving up for a holiday or getting out of debt, saving for a mortgage or retirement. And to help answer all of our questions this week, I'm joined on the podcast by Which Money Podcast regular Grace Witherden and I'm pleased to say we're also joined by budgeting expert and social media content creator and guru Beth Tideman. Welcome both. Hello. Hi, Lucia. Thank you both so much for coming on the show today. So budgeting then, where shall we start? Because there are so many ways to do it, loads of which are doing the rounds on social media, as we'll hear about later on. And there's a number of reasons to do it, whether that might be, you know, stopping eating into your savings or getting you out of debt. So for you both then, what does budgeting mean for you?
1: Budgeting for me is a way of being in control of my finances, knowing each month I can get through the month without having to dip into savings or use my credit card. And it's a way of just being free of the worry about where my money is coming from.
2: Yeah, similar to Beth, really. I've got a few goals. I've got like short term goals, which is like going on holiday, and longer term goals, which is like trying to save up for a house. Rent is really expensive. The bills are all going up. So it's just a good way to like keep track of my weekly and monthly outgoing so I can like
0: try and go on holiday. <laughs> yeah, it's really important, isn't it? Like really important that you're doing it and, like taking control, as you say, and especially if that's going to give you that kind of sense of freedom that you are in control and you you kind of know what's going on and what to expect and how to manage everything. And Beth, then, can we hear a bit more about how you became so passionate about sharing your budgeting tips and advice? Because it was quite recently that you started a TikTok channel, which has really blown up over the last year. <laughs>
1: yes, well, it was about this time last year that I was so, sick of using my overdraft every month within Two weeks of being paid, we'd run out of money. I was making really small transactions on my credit card, but daily I'd buy a coffee on my credit card. I'd pay for school dinners on my credit cards. And then I got to a point where I was receiving letters saying that my life insurance plan was going up, my phone bills were going up, my electricity bills were going up. And I panicked, thinking my wage isn't going up, but all my outgoings are. And that's when I realized I needed to focus. I needed to think is there a way that I can rein this in? And and have money left over after paying my essential bills. And that's when I came across my budgeting method that I use. And I decided to be accountable for that. So I set up my TikTok account and I shared my method with people. And suddenly I was getting messages from people saying, how do you do this? How can I start this? And just seeing that there were so many people out there in desperate need of a method that would work for them. And I've just really enjoyed sharing my monthly budgeting and how I use my money more wisely. It's a really inspirational story. And it kind of
0: sounds like you had a bit of a like a light bulb moment, really.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Just living paycheck to paycheck is not fun at all. And there has to be something out there that means you can keep control of the money that you're working hard to earn. We go to work, we earn that money and it's gone. And whereas the method that I now use and budgeting and thinking through my finances means that I can just have some control and enjoy the life that I've
0: got to spend that money on. Well, I can't wait to hear more about your method and we've got so much budgeting advice to get through today. So, Grace, can you start us off then? We've got a guide on the Which website on how to budget, which we'll pop a link to in the description of today's show. Um, and it really nicely runs through many of the foundations. So, can we start with a few of these?
2: Yeah, sure. Now, I will say, yeah, this is very, it's a great guide, actually, because it really talks you through it with some great examples if you want to check that out. But I'm going to try and skim it to not mm-hmm. bore everyone. Um, but <laughs> not it, at all. you have to begin by getting organised. You don't want to rush this. But when you've got a free afternoon, you need to gather up your bank statements, your household bills. Basically, you want to make a note of your income, and it might be that you need to download this if you get your statements from work online, and if you're on a zero-hours contract, you might need to work out your average, so you can just work out the average monthly salary. Then you need to work out your essential spending. Now by essential, I mean your mortgage payments, your household bills, your groceries, your childcare, and your travel. So it's not really nice to haves. It's like, this has to be paid each month, no matter what. So once you've got that, you've got what's coming in and what definitely has to go out. And then once you've worked out those two fundamentals, you can then start to have a look at disposable income, which we'll come on to in a bit. But with that, we're mainly talking about nice to have streaming services, going out, buying new clothes, gym memberships, et cetera.
0: And so let's go back to that point then about essential spending. So you might tot up everything that's absolutely necessary that's going out. But what about, you know, ultimately, if it's higher than what's going in or if it's a goal you're saving up to and there's just not much left?
2: I know this is where the budget can really fall at the first hurdle, because what can you actually do Mm -hmm. if you're just not earning enough money? There are a few things you can do that's definitely worth taking a look at first because you might be able to make some simple swaps to cut your essential spending. So we always talk about haggling on this podcast. We've talked about it a lot. You want to see if you can get Any bills for cheaper, it might be switching your phone provider. We always know that there's simple swaps to be made there. And perhaps looking at those other payments to see, can you make a simple swap? Now, if you have debt, so it might be that each month, a chunk of your income is being taken up by paying off your credit card. You can look at combining all of that debt on a 0% interest balance transfer credit card so this might be if you maybe have two credit cards with you know 500 pounds 1000 pounds in each one and instead of paying off chunks of each one each month, you can combine that debt and you can often get a period. The longest periods at the minute are 29 months that you can have to pay off that credit card interest-free. So as long as you make the minimum repayments, you won't pay any interest. And what you can do then is you can work out how long you're going to get. So let's say, for example, you get 12 months interest-free. You can divide all of that debt by 12. And that's the amount. If you pay that each month by the end of 12 months, you'll have paid off that debt. It just makes it much more manageable rather than having lots of different card payments here and there. And the last thing that I would maybe suggest is, is there any way you can bring in some extra income? Lots of people have side hustles and you know, we're talking, even if it's selling a few old clothes, perhaps cat sitting, dog sitting, you know, things like this. I'm not talking Get about creative. reinventing the wheel here. Yeah, yeah I think it, but if there is something you can do, I think we we even have a guide, I think, 50 ways to make money on a website. And we have
0: another guide, which is 47 ways to save money. And actually, right at the beginning of the year, we did do a podcast episode on ways to make extra cash in 2023. And many of those will still stand. So do go back and have a listen mm-hmm. to those.
2: Yeah, so, so definitely I would, if, if you're, outgoings are more than what you're bringing in. That's the sort of first step I would do before trying to create the budget, because I think you want the budget to work and you want to stick to it. So I think if you can focus on that first, definitely prioritise that.
0: And Beth, are there any other kind of swaps or changes or bits of advice that you'd give to that? I definitely agree with the
1: side hustle ideas. Mm. You know, I've got friends that I follow on TikTok who make hundreds a month just by selling stuff on Vinted. I am a teacher by career and I've got friends who will mark exam test papers at test time of the year. And it just brings in those little bit of income. So it's thinking about what is your day to day role? Could you find something within that that's going to bring those extra bits of money in?
0: All really great ideas there to get us going and 0% balance transfer credit cards. They really do feel like one of the number one kind of golden rules for for trying to get out of debt. So do take note of that. And so what's next then? How to actually make a budget? Grace, do you want to start us off? Yeah, it's
2: pretty straightforward once you've got these three things here. So we're talking about your monthly income, your essential spending, and the disposable income, which I touched on earlier. So you really want to make sure that your average earnings and essential spending is covered, basically. And then you know what you've got left, in disposable income. So it might be that you earn a certain amount after everything comes out, you maybe have £200 to play with, and you can decide what you want to do with that. So you might want to put some of that into savings. You might need to be cutting some of the nice-to-haves if you can't afford it, or if you can afford it, as I said, you can put some of the excess into savings. So then it's just a case of, working out a plan, perhaps think of the next six months. What are your aims there? How much do you hope to have left over? There actually are some tools to do everything that I just said really quickly. Mm-hmm. So Money Helper has a free budget planner and you basically put in all this information, like your monthly outgoings, your essential spending, etc. And it will calculate on a nice graph how much you're spending, where it goes. You don't have to like sit with an Excel spreadsheet and mm-hmm. like put the month in and the, the spending and what's because that's not everyone's thing. So there are definitely like tools online that you can use to like help you work out everything we've just said. We have got like a a method you can use on that guide that we talked about earlier. But again, like if spreadsheets aren't your thing, go to
0: one of these tools. I'm kind of envisaging, you know, a pie chart that's split up into different sections of what you should be spending on. And kind of in that vein then, are there kind of general rules of like how to split it up that that you might be aiming for? So there is one rule
2: that it's worth mentioning it's not for everyone, but it's the 50-30-20 rule. And this involves spending 50% of your income on essentials, 30% on leisure slash non-essentials, and pitting 20% away for savings.
0: I reckon this is the dream. Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm sure we've talked about on the show, you know, how some people, and it's become quite commonplace now for rents and mortgages, which is, you know, most people's biggest outgoing a month, that being easily around the 50% mark by itself. But like you said, you know, a dream to aim for maybe. Okay. now after a quick break, we'll be back to hear more about the intriguingly named cash stuffing after this. Hello and welcome, I'm Grace Farrell. And I'm Harry Kind. And this is the Get Answers Podcast.
2: Innocent, innocent, you are a dream. No other drink can be so supreme. Oozing with joy, bursting with flavour. Innocent, you're my saviour. It took me about five minutes, they sent me 30 quid.
1: I saw my travel pillow, noticed it had a little zip on it, and I went, hang on, I've got all this space that I could potentially pack.
2: And I find out the price per square foot for the level
1: of finish of that property. Right. And then I make my offer at... 20% lower than the asking. Okay, wow. <laughs> Join us for fortnightly episodes of the new Get Answers podcast, getting you answers to life's consumer questions. Starting 6th of November. See you then. When life gives you questions, which get answers.
0: Let's talk about cash stuffing. You've gone viral on social media for your own budgeting strategy. How does it work?
1: Yes, so cash stuffing is a method where each month you think about your budget, you work out your fixed expenses, your variable funds and your sinking funds, and then you withdraw money in cash. So we're not talking digital, we're talking cash in hand. And then you take that cash and you allocate the amount you want into envelopes or wallets. I think here in the UK we use it wallets. It's just a bit easier. And you place the money into the wallet. And then as the month goes on, you take out what you need to spend or you build up your fund until you get to a fully funded amount that you've set yourself.
0: And it's just a way of keeping on track of the actual physical cash that you have. And you mentioned three types of kind of spending cash there. Just remind me what those terms are and kind of unpack them a little bit. Yeah, You have your fixed
1: expenses, which Grace, you talked about earlier, which will be your bills, anything that goes out by direct debit in your account. So that money stays in my account. I don't withdraw that. And I leave a buffer in my account as well, because there is always a point that I might have to use a card, might have to spend online. So I leave that money in there. Then you have sinking funds and variable funds. Now, these are funds where you might be saving for a goal. It might be that I want to book a holiday. So I'm putting money aside, each month for that holiday. And when I get to that point, I will then pay that money into my account and I'm able to book a holiday. Or it might be for things that I want to spend throughout the month. So it might be a self-care fund. So if I need to go get my hair cut or buy some makeup, I can dip into that money, but it's
0: not necessarily trying to reach a set goal amount. And so in reality then, what do you do? Do you kind of sit down at the start of the month with a pen and paper and write out everything that you think you're going to spend for that month? I do. Yes. So
1: when my income comes in and actually in my household, it's a joint income. So my husband's money and mine is combined. And I sit down and I go through the previous month's bills to check that I know the exact amount that those bills came out as. And I will list those first of all. And that gives me a total that has to be paid. I can't get out of paying my rent or my mortgage. I can't get out of paying my council tax. So those are there. I then think about any online savings that I might want to have that's just too much cash to have in the home. And that then gets moved into those accounts. From there, I then think about my week. So what do I need to spend in a week? So food shopping, petrol, personal spending, weekend money for taking the children out. And I allocate a set amount to that. And then from there, whatever is left over is what I then put into all funds I have, car maintenance, holiday saving, birthdays, Christmas, childcare fees. And I allocate it in that order. And so
0: I feel like if our listeners could see one of your videos right now, you know, they'd see your hands dipping into (laughs) pockets of what's kind of like a Filofax shape, isn't it? So how often are you actually using those like pouches?
1: Yep. So at the start of the month, I fill all my pouches. So I have a big binder that has everything for the month in. Then Every week I'm using my weekly spends binder. So that is a small A7 size and it goes with me everywhere. It has my petrol money. It has food shop and I dip in and out of that. And then... Some of those funds I won't touch month by month. It will just get the allocated money on the first of the month, stays left until the first of the next month, unless it gets to a fully funded amount, which I then pay back into my account to just limit the amount of cash that is in my house at the same time. But I dip into some of them regularly. Others I just don't touch for months apart from topping them up.
0: I'm really pleased you mentioned a couple of points there. So trying not to keep too much money in the house and transferring kind of siphoning off the money or leaving some money in your account it's kind of bringing me to you know the pros and cons of this so maybe i'll put the ball in your court what would you say are the kind of the pros first let's start with the pros the pros are
1: definitely the control you have over your money physically seeing that money and just knowing its worth is massive also having awareness of your finances knowing what's coming in each month where it's going and what you've got left to move around and use as you please I just feel I have a wiser use of my money. I'm no longer just throwing it away. I'm not going to a supermarket to buy milk and coming home with £50 worth of clothes I didn't need in the first place. It's also tangible. That money is in my hand. I can see it. When I hand over £10 in the shop, it pains me sometimes, whereas tapping my card, I think that's nothing. I haven't Mm. seen it. So those pros are just having all that control over
0: my money and knowing where it's going. And it sounds like for you, it's a method that, that really like works for you. And yeah. I think for some people, just having physical cash, that's the golden ticket for them. OK, then. So cons, then. What would you say are the challenges or, or the cons of doing it?
1: Yeah. Often this gets asked on my TikTok videos. People are very concerned about the safety around having cash. Mm-hmm having it in your home and what that impact is if your house gets broken into or there is a fire and things like that which is why we have the system of fully funding an account an amount and then taking it back to the bank so you're not keeping that cash in your home we also don't just display our cash everywhere in our homes it is safely stored away i know on my tiktok videos you see my folders but they are then stored away in that time
0: everything you see on social media isn't always real very true that's (laughs)
1: something worth remembering also one of the cons is people panic when you pay with cash at a till. Mm. I often have to check my changes given to me. Sometimes I'm given far too much for what I should and other times I'm given not enough because our mental maths, if you're not using an electronic till, it's not great at working out the change that needs to be given. And the other thing I often find is I can go into supermarkets to pay and I'm at the checkout and out of 10 tills or checkouts available and only one will take cash and you do have to wait longer, especially if you're using the scanning shop, you can't use the usual lanes. You have to go to different ones if you're using cash. So there are those cons that are obvious, but the pros for me massively outweigh those cons.
0: Well, I'm really not surprised, to be honest, that you've had issues with places accepting cash because it's something that at which here we've been campaigning to protect. Um, Access for cash is a campaign and we've been doing it for a few years now. And, you know, we've seen banks and ATMs dwindling off the high street, as well as businesses refusing to take it. Grace, where are we at with the campaign?
2: Yeah, so there is some good news on the horizon. In that earlier this year, a bill received royal assent, which means that banks and building societies that failed to provide free cash services within three miles of customers could face fines under new rules. So this is part of a new law which came into force in June, but it's still being consulted on how it's going to work. Um, But it basically means that where you live, there should be a minimum distance and there should be somewhere that you can access cash services for free. So that's good because it means that you'll have somewhere that you can take cash out. Bad news is it doesn't necessarily make businesses accept cash. It's not illegal not to accept cash it's down to the business how they want to receive payment businesses are perfectly entitled to be cashless if they want to but during 2020 when we saw a lot of places go cashless during the pandemic Mm. we did do a pledge here at which where we got a lot of businesses to sign up to pledge that they will continue accepting cash and actually since covid a lot of places accept cash now but places that were edging towards card only are now back to accepting cash Mm. so i think that it's not as much of an issue now, but you know, mainly the banks are going to make sure that hopefully there'd be more places where you can actually access cash.
0: Yeah, and I do think that if you ask, like sometimes you might not think they're going to take cash, but they do. I found on, on Sunday I was in the butcher's, I was just buying three sausages, and I thought, actually, I'm going to ask if I can pay in cash because they brought the card machine over and they did. Actually, the till was in a kind of wooden drawer hidden away, but they did take cash. And Beth, you know, as somebody who handles cash, Trying to pay in cash, you know, most of the time. What have you found? You know, have places gone cashless or are they still taking cash? I've definitely found that most places I go will accept
1: cash. Where cash isn't accepted, there are signs. It's really well signed for you to say, card only accepted here. And that's why, as cash stuffers, we have a buffer on our account. So we don't say, we're never using a card, we will only use cash. We have that security on our cards that we can use them. And actually, A lot of places prefer you to use cash, especially the smaller businesses. They will say cash is better for us. They get more value from that money when you pay them rather than transaction fees or having
0: to pay the banks for the money that you're paying digitally to them. I suppose this could be a question that somebody trying your method might ask, you know, what happens if I can't pay in cash? In that instance, okay, so you pay in card, What do you do then? Yeah, so
1: in my folders, I have a back-to-bank wallet. So if I'm making big purchases, so I'm not talking if I've paid for a £3 coffee, my buffer covers that. But if I suddenly find that I'm buying something that's £50, £60 or more, I will pay on my card. And then when I'm back at home, I will just take that cash from its allocated fund into my back-to-bank wallet. Now, there's two options Then I can either take it to a bank. For me, I bank with Lloyds, and I found that it's quite accessible. I have quite a few Lloyd banks around me. So I can just pay it in when I'm nearby. Or if you are able to, you can balance out your next month's budget sheet by knowing I've got this much already in cash. So I don't need to take that out of the bank. I'll just
0: add it in and it all balances out that way. And I feel like now, you know, before we started the show today, we were talking about some of the questions that your followers ask you. And I feel like you will probably have some quite interesting ones that I think (laughs) we should cover. So tell us, like, you know, what are the biggest questions people are asking you?
1: The biggest is definitely how do you pay your bills in cash? So I spend a lot of time trying to explain that my bills do not leave my account. They are direct debit and I have that money in there. I'm so
0: happy to hear you say that (laughs) because I was really nervous that you were going to suggest people paid in cash. And then obviously, you know, as we always try and hammer home direct debits are the cheapest way. So, fantastic. Yes.
1: And I also work at building a yearly fund for some of my bills. So, I'm not paying monthly on all of them because they can be more expensive monthly. So, I do cash stuff my annual bills so that when that big bill comes in, I can pay it in one lump sum. But my monthly regular bills are all on card and that does not leave my account. I also get lots of questions from people asking how they can start cash stuffing. And people will say, I'm on a low income. Can I do this? And absolutely, you can. There's no income barrier to cash stuff in or budgeting. It doesn't matter whether you're a low income or a high income. It's taking what you've got and knowing where you need
0: to spend that money each month. I'm really loving hearing you talking about this. It's like super inspirational. And it's actually just very nice to hear someone being so across their finances, what's going in and out. And can we give a nod to savings accounts too? Because I suppose, In an ideal world, as we've kind of mentioned, we'd combine this kind of method with, you know, siphoning off the money and putting what you can into a savings account.
2: Yeah. So as Beth mentioned, you know, when she fills up her wallet and that's complete, then she can pay it back into the bank. So if you want easy access, you don't want to lock your money away. You still might want it within the next year. You can definitely get some good rates. They're constantly changing right now. Some of the best accounts right now for unlimited withdrawals, instant access are 515 percent. But as I said, the rates are constantly changing. But if you were looking to lock it away for a year, so you'd have to lock it away. You can't touch it, but you could get up to 6.1 percent. They're probably going to change. They're changing a lot at the minute. So definitely look on our website. We've got a guide on the best savings rates and that's updated weekly.
0: And I suppose we should also mention some other tools out there. So let's say you're listening to this. You're not a cash person. What are some of the other budgeting options you could explore?
2: Yeah, so I think the first thing to do is look at what your own bank provides. So for example, Starling has a budget planning tool within its app. Monzo, that's a really popular challenger bank and that has savings pots, which is a bit like virtual cash stuffing because you can actually create a pot, uh, household bills, you can create another pot, which would be leisure. I actually did this and I had a pot called coffee and (laughs) that was all my lunch money. Like if I was going out and having food on the go and if you pay for Monzo, so you have a premium version of it, You can actually get virtual cards linked to each of these pots, which is quite handy. I think I had a, a month trial and I tried it out. And many banks also have roundup features. So this will round up the nearest transaction, you know, when you're shopping to the nearest pound. So it might be that you buy something for 66p. And then thirty seven pence gets rounded up and put into a separate savings pot. So I think I do that, and last I think for the last few weeks I've added like six pounds um, to my savings pot. It all but it's adds six, up, doesn't yeah, it up. Yeah, six pounds I wouldn't have put in my savings pot otherwise. So if you're looking at actual budgeting apps. Thanks to open banking, banks can share your data safely with third parties. And some of these apps can help you get a really good overview of all your accounts in one place. It's a really good way to find out where you can make some extra savings and also sort of highlights maybe some subscriptions that you've forgotten about then you can like sort of review whether you're using it that much. So, Emma is one of these apps. It has a free version to use and it tracks your subscriptions. You can set up monthly budgets and you can track your payday and make payments within the app. Obviously, there's a paid for version where you get a few more features. And another one is called Snoop. And that works really similarly. We've actually, surprise, surprise, we've got a guide on this on our <laughs> website. Uh, we've rounded up some of them. One of them that was actually very popular because you could use it on a desktop is closing on October 31st, and that was called Money Dashboard. Mm. So if you are using that at the minute, you probably know it's going to close, but we've got some alternatives that you could try instead on our website. So these are kind of
0: like digital versions of cash stuffing in a way, some of them? Yeah, definitely. And it just depends
2: how visual you are, because as Beth said, she likes to see the money in her hands. But if you really make the most of these apps and you enjoy banking on your phone, then they'd be really good for you.
0: And Beth, are there any tools that you'd like to add? You know, maybe... On the digital side, if you ever go that way.
1: Yes, actually, I do have my own Monzo account, which is where my fully funded accounts go. But there is a cash stuffer that I regularly watch videos of. And she is a digital cash stuffer, but uses the physical cash stuffing trackers that you can buy online so that she can enjoy the physical side of ticking off what she's got but she rounds it all into her account digitally. So there is the option of combining the cash stuffing element of the fun trackers with the digital side of that.
0: What do you mean by rounding into her account?
1: So if you're a cash stuffer you will often have trackers that you colour in little symbols or icons for and she will use her accounts where she has her money in and she'll round £5 into a dental fee account or she'll move it from different accounts using that idea of the money that you pay for less than a pound, and that money rounding up, she'll move it into different funds, but track it physically on her trackers.
0: Ah, oh, so it's it's really moving money across it into is. different accounts. Yes. Oh, I really am loving hearing about people being so, so across their finances. And unfortunately, it's coming to the end of the show. But to leave us, of course, drawing up the budget is just one part of the puzzle. And actually, of course, you have to stick to it to start reaping the benefits. So can we finish with any of your tips to really help make sure you stick to it?
2: I've got a quick one. I turned on instant spending notifications, which means every time I spend money, on my card or whatever I get a notification on my phone Mm. and actually seeing those all at the end of the day actually really helps me summarise what I've spent and I think it's sort of a bit like what Beth was saying with like holding the cash in your hands even though I've paid digitally actually having on that is really helpful for me because it just it says in black and white straight away what I've spent where it's gone rather than it just being something I've done and forgotten about and I don't need to log on to my app to see it you know on my latest transactions it's as a notification so for me, that's just a small thing, which helps me like think about it constantly.
0: And what about you, Beth? Because in a way, I feel like you're kind of up on a pedestal here. You know, <laughs> you're keeping to your budget every week. You've got lots of people asking you questions and following your methods. What advice would you give? Don't put any pressure on your budget. Be
1: flexible around it. It doesn't have to be the same every month. Our circumstances change. There are so many variables to our budget. You might find different times of the year you need to stop putting money aside for something and move on to another savings goal that you have. I would also say just make it fun bills are really boring, aren't they? But actually saving money can be really fun where you feel you're achieving something and knowing at the end of the month, you've not touched money that you've saved because you've made it fun. You've enjoyed saving.
0: It just changes the way that you see that money. So much amazing advice. It's been a real pleasure to have you both on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for having me and I hope I've opened your eyes to a new way of budgeting.
0: Oh, absolutely. So many things I'll be taking away from today's show. A huge thank you to Grace and Beth for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch our new episodes as soon as they drop. For more money news and advice, find us on social media at whichmoney and online at witchcouk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit which.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was written and produced by Mealy ariano Rob Lilly, and Grace Witherden, edited by Eric Breer, with additional support from Matthew Jenkins. If you're wondering how to make your food budget work each week, then we've got supermarket shopping hacks that can help. Head to witch.co.uk to get answers on how to spend less at the supermarket.
1: Scammers are stealing hundreds of millions of pounds every year. They bombard us with fraudulent texts, emails and calls. And what's more, their tactics are getting increasingly sinister. To keep across the latest scams, sign up to our free Scam Alert service to help you stay ahead of the latest scams and protect yourself. Go to witchcouk forward slash scamalert newsletter. That's witchcouk forward slash scamalert newsletter. Thank you.